around day seven, we were transferred from hematology over to nephrology. And that's the kidney specialist. And that's when we were told that Elise had an ultra rare disease. Ultra rare as in for every million people, there are two. Cameron James would eventually learn that the second person in a million to have the same ultra rare disease as her daughter was her husband. And I prayed that night, get my husband through the night. Because when my husband arrived at the ER, he was in kidney failure. He was at 20% when he arrived. And it's something to hold on to, to believe in, to steady my hand. You're going to hear Cameron James tell her story, and you are also going to hear some of her music, like the song that's playing right now. Cameron James is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. The disease that Cameron's husband and daughter were diagnosed with is a disease of the blood. And a little later in this episode, Billy Graham's going to talk about perfect blood that provides perfect spiritual healing. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son shed on the cross for us was the right type of blood to cleanse and infuse every person in this room tonight with life and life eternal. When Billy Graham talks about life eternal, he's talking about living forever with God in heaven. There's only one way to experience that kind of life. You must surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. You can learn more about that at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. I am a singer-songwriter, and I'm also a mother of two beautiful children. And I am a military brat, grew up all over the world um, from the time I was 11 to 17, lived in Spain and Germany and Turkey, came back my senior year of high school, went to Belmont University here in Nashville, Tennessee. I was a music business major and um, knew I wanted to sing and write music since I was a little girl. Something else that Cameron has known since she was a little girl is the love of Jesus. She began a relationship with him when she was very young. Both my parents um, were saved early in college, and I just feel like from the time I was born, I have known about Jesus, talked about Jesus, and, you know, I would just say Jesus was a presence that I felt in the home, and I knew I was loved from a very early age. Someone else who loves Cameron James is her husband. They met in college. His first name is James, but no, his full name is not James James. You see, his last name isn't easy to pronounce. So Cameron took his first name as her professional last name. He works in the music business. Um, He works for a company called BMI. And he grew up also similar in in a house of faith. James and Cameron had their first child in March of 2011. Her name is Elise. I like to say that the, you know, my, our, first mountain with Elise was when she was one years old. I went and did a, you know, the routine one year uh, checkup with my pediatrician. And Elise was a little bit late in her motor skills. And my pediatrician was like, sweetheart, most kids aren't walking at a year, but most kids are crawling. So let's do an MRI and look and see if um, there might be more information as to why she's having this developmental delay. That MRI revealed that Elise had been without oxygen at one point before she was born, which caused some brain damage. Neither Cameron nor the doctors are sure what caused the loss of oxygen, but the neurologist gave Cameron and James reason to be optimistic. 
the great thing is we are fearfully and wonderfully made that our brain is full is still growing until to age 25 and said that you know there's also something called neuroelasticity where it's um because it was her white matter we have gray matter and white matter in our brains it was her white matter that was damaged and he said you know if 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 one pathway is damaged if you stimulate it the brain can rewire and ultimately create a new pathway and he said so let's flood her brain with therapy and start making some new pathways and just kind of take this a step at a time Along with taking Elise to therapy, Cameron also began reading Bible verses over her. She'd prayed for Elise since she first found out she was pregnant, and she continued praying for her, but now she was doing it out loud. She got physical therapy for the first year, and then at two years old, we added in occupational therapy, speech therapy, and, and you know, the more I allowed people to kind of come in and help us, the more wisdom, those who seek wisdom will find it. These were, these were people that God had created before the foundations of the world to do good works. And I love that they had knowledge and wisdom about how to work with my daughter, how to help her. And that ended up giving me hope of like, I started seeing progress. You know, my daughter walked at two years old and things she couldn't do, she started to do. About a year later, when Elise was three, she and her parents found themselves facing another mountain. She had these bruises, abnormal bruises all over her body. And she um, started throwing up Sunday night. And I, I had noticed the bruises on Thursday. My daughter had started a new medication. And originally, I kind of had thought maybe this was a side effect because abnormal bruising was listed as a side effect. And um, Friday was a little bit more bruising. Saturday, I'm like, something is wrong. On Sunday, Cameron and James called the neurologist at home. He told them to take Elise to the pediatrician first thing in the morning. We arrive at Vanderbilt Children's ER, and, you know, it's probably 8.30 now. And Elise is kind of pale, yellowish, bruising, nauseous. And we are admitted, and within... um, Within 20 minutes of them doing blood, we are told, I mean, so we, we check into the ER, they do a blood panel, and then within like 20, 30 minutes, they come back and say, you're being admitted to hematology. Um, she's going to receive two blood transfusions back to back because her platelets level, her platelets were trashed, her, hem, um, her red blood cell count was trashed. Doctors didn't know what was wrong with Elise, but they knew she needed to be admitted. They didn't actually have room for us the first night. So we spent the night in the ER, which was just hell. You know, your kids are crying. And and I, my daughter, when she was getting her infusion, had pulled out her IV. I had blood all over me. And I, I remember I had walked out to go to, the, to go to the bathroom. And I was walking by a, a little baby that was crying. And something in me, I was like, you know what? I just started praying over that room. And it was the best thing I could have done in the moment to get outside of my own trauma and be like, hold on a second. We're not the only ones here. You know, Lord, oh my goodness, we need you to show up. Lord, I know you're here. I know you draw close to the brokenhearted. And my husband and I actually took turns and he kind of walked around the floor and just started, we just started praying. I wasn't looking for a fight, but the fight found me in the blink of an eye. I was brought to my That praying for Elise and other patients continued for the better part of a week. 
Elise got down to 20% kidney function. She got so bloated. And it was a painful week because very quickly, it was like we did a bone marrow biopsy that came, came back negative, did what was called a flow report. They're looking for cancer in her peripheral blood and there wasn't any. And so it was like there, again, there's only so few things that are causing this attack. And eventually around day seven, we were transferred from hematology over to nephrology. And that's the, the kidney specialist. And that's when we were told that Elise had an ultra-rare disease. Ultra-rare as in for every million people, there are two. And in fact, there was one other case, a little girl from Kentucky, who had been treated at Bandy Children's. And thankfully, that's how the nephrologist was able to recognize it. And also why the medicine was at the hospital. That medicine known as Soliris was the only treatment for Elise's disease, which, by the way, is called atypical hemolytic uremic syndrome, or AHUS. When the IV drip of the medicine began, Cameron was scared, maybe honestly even terrified, that the drug wasn't going to work. She cried out to God the entire time. In all of my emotional states, in my anger and in my fear and in my disappointment, in my panic, I have allowed him to um, tend to me. He is the God of all comfort. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. And I have to just give glory to the, the people and our, we, you know, we had a most amazing prayer team. And my and our friends and family, everyone went to war with us. I mean, my, my pastors came that morning when I was crying and going, she's dying, she's dying. You know, I, I couldn't stop saying that. Eventually, she did stop saying that, though, thanks to her husband, her parents, pastors, and friends who all prayed with her and offered godly comfort to her. And the rallying of the troops, the rallying of faith, that helped me get through the panic and find my footing again to go, you're right, all is not lost yet. God has the final say. Now, whether it's on this side of eternity or the other, God will heal my daughter. But until her dying breath, until my dying breath, I am going to wage war against this. And I'm telling you, it took several days, but slowly the turnaround began to happen. Her kidneys started to improve, blood levels go back to normal. And praise God, after 15 days, we left the hospital. And though we kind of had a new normal, we had to, we start a biweekly infusion process. We, we walk out of that hospital victorious and my daughter's kidney function returned to a hundred percent. And again, I got adjusted to a new normal, but boy, I could not be more grateful for how God redeemed something that was what I thought not redeemable. All is not It was December of 2014 when Elise left the hospital. In January, Cameron and James found out they were pregnant. After their son Cade was born, they ran tests and discovered that he does not have the disease. Other tests, though, revealed that the carrier of the disorder is James. As you know, now in the world of genetics, just because you have a mutation or a predisposition to something doesn't mean the disease will ever manifest, just its potential. So we, we knew it was a possibility, but I 
prayed that it never would be, you know. And again, for every million there are two, the odds of it, of him manifesting, are extremely, extremely rare. But in 2017, James started feeling sick. I took one look at my husband and I'm like, something is wrong. He was yellow. I mean, absolutely yellow. James got to the hospital and told the ER doctors that he probably had AHUS, the same disease as his daughter, and his suspicions were right. To God be the glory, James got on Solaris within 24 hours, and his kidney, he only had one blood transfusion, Elise had five or six, and after a week, he was released from the hospital, and his, his kidneys went back to 100%, which is just extraordinary. And just like his daughter, James is now receiving a bi-weekly drug infusion. Throughout this whole ordeal, what God has to say in the Bible has become more and more important to Cameron. Oh my goodness, it's become my oxygen. And I, when I started reading the Word of God, he has so much to say. And, and that just... Like I said, it was salve on an opened wound. And and yes, the, the Word of God in the beginning was comfort. It was weighty promises. These aren't my words. This is what God's Word has to say. And then it became weapons. God is, has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. He doesn't want us walking around afraid of what the enemy can do, because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Cameron was referencing a Bible verse when she said, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That's true of every person who has asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of their life. Question is, have you done that? Would you like to do it now? Well, we can help. Visit us at findpeacewithgod.net. Again, that's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Cameron James shares a sweet story about meeting Billy Graham. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I read about a fellow died in the hospital because he was given the wrong kind of blood. Billy Graham. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shed on the cross for us was the right type of blood to cleanse and infuse every person in this room tonight with life and life eternal. It'll cleanse from every sin, no matter what it is. We cannot do it ourselves. It's impossible. You can work all your life and do good works and pay money to the church, but that won't justify you. The only thing that will justify you in heaven or upon earth or in hell is the blood of Jesus Christ. And justification means just as though you'd never sinned. Wouldn't it be wonderful as though you'd never committed a sin in your whole life? Well, that's what can happen tonight when you come to the cross. And if you are not under the blood, you're not going to go to heaven. You must be under the blood. Are you sure that that experience has been yours? You have to repent of sin and receive Christ into your own heart. That's the power of the blood. A new book about Billy Graham has just been released. It's by his son, Franklin, and it's called Through My Father's Eyes. 
It is a collection of personal memories, stories, and lessons that Franklin learned from his dad. He says it took him 12 years to write it, and he believes that it's just a glimpse of what believers learn from the love of a heavenly father. That title, again, is Through My Father's Eyes, and you can buy it online at BillyGrahamBookstore.org. That's BillyGrahamBookstore.org. Speaking of stories about Billy Graham, our guest has one of her own. She and her dad met Billy Graham in a hotel when her family was living near Washington, D.C. I was probably five years old, and we were walking out of the lobby, and my dad saw Billy Graham sitting on a bench just inside the hotel. And my dad said, Cameron, do you see that man over there? Dad said Billy Graham had a baseball hat and glasses on. He said, Cameron, do you see that man over there? Run, go tell him you love Jesus. And I did anything my daddy told me to do. And I ran right up to Billy Graham. My dad said I went right in between his legs and hugged his waist and said, I, Billy Graham, I love Jesus. Billy Graham took off his glasses, picked me up, put me on his knee and motioned for my father to come over. And my dad is sitting there and my dad got to talk to him for 20 minutes, asking him questions. And I used to hear my dad tell that story. And I thought my dad was so proud of me because I behaved well, that I was sitting quiet and while my dad was talking to this man, not knowing the significance of who he was. And years later, to, to be on this podcast is one of the greatest honors of my life. And I'm like, Billy Graham, you're in heaven. And if you can see me, I've met you when I was a little girl. And I'm so honored to be on your podcast and tell people again how much Jesus loves me <laughs> and what he has done for me. Well, not only is Cameron James honored to be on this podcast, we're honored to have had her and to have used some of her music. We are also honored to have you listening. We post a new episode of GPS every Wednesday. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. Good news.